Ooh-wee. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You know what time it is. It is episode three of Room 303. I'm your host, Jermaine Colon-Mendez, and this is... Nick Morahan, coming at you live from the brand new setup, The Professional podcast studio in unnamed east coast location because we don't want you guys to know that yet only the real can really know where i'm broadcasting from and where jermaine's broadcasting from in unnamed west coast city top secret locations uh talk to uncle sam if you really want to know yeah edward edward snowden knows exactly where we are so hit him up i don't know what his twitter is but let him know jermaine i'm gonna start off this week with with something uh, that I think we might do every week for the people out there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit off with a little bit of weekly trivia to start. What do you think about that? Ooh, you know me. I'm a big fan of trivia. If this was Jeopardy, I'd say yes, yes, Pat, six hundred, please. All right, Pat. You mean Alex <laughs> Trebek? No, I love, I love saying Pat Sajak. Oh. <laughs> I just love uh, it. Steve Harvey. Yes, Steve. <laughs> um. All right, so for you people out there, I'm going to ask a trivia. We're going to ask a trivia question, either myself or Jermaine, at the beginning of the episode, and then at the end of the episode, we'll reveal the answer to you know just keep you guys waiting a little bit. We can't give you everything at the beginning. We try to give you everything we want, and we're going to give it to you, but we're going to make you wait for it. So the trivia question this week, which active Super Bowl winning quarterback has never received an MVP vote? I'll read it again. Which active Super Bowl winning quarterback has never received an MB an MVP vote? That is vote, as in the writers vote for him, not an award, but a vote. Not one vote ever. Zero votes. Super Bowl winning quarterback active right now. I know the answer, and I'm still shocked. It's it's just an outrageous notion that <laughs> this this, this is, is never when been. when there's there's going to be some emotion when we reveal this answer. There's going to be some some emotion coming out because this is this is a travesty. Travesty. All right, let's talk about the video game news that came out this week. I mean, zero four September twenty twenty is going to be a big day for nostalgia. Yeah, we're kicking it. I mean, you know, it's it, it's it's coming to that. We've already seen it a little bit in our lives, Jermaine, where we've kind of had the old, like the the movie remakes from movies we grew up with a kid. We grew up as kids, and I think as video games start to gain popularity, we're going to see video games we loved as a kid start to come back. And I'm not talking sequels. I'm maybe Call of Duty: Modern Warfare is the first one of those. But Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two. On zero four September, that's what you're talking about—the remaster of them, and they look amazing. Oh, and they look outstanding. That trailer was so classic. The music was classic. The graphics look fresh and new, but it still had that that same that you you just fell in love with. I hope they have all the settings that you could turn off again, so you get like this absurd amount of air and you land like an eighty million. <laughs> the, the the anti-gravity you can turn off the you can turn off the gravity so you do like you you know you do the the mick twist or whatever it, are they gonna offer bob burnquist oh man they, they would, are they are bringing in classic skaters so i'm gonna be rocking I was, with chad muska i was i was always a bob burnquist guy head so when i was growing up i just had like an unreal like underdog mentality i just didn't want to play as tony hawk in his own game so i was like i'm not gonna play as this. this is branding 
You want me to play as Tony Hawk? No, I want to play as Bob Burnquist. Yeah, it was as a kid. It was not cool to be a Tony Hawk fan. Like, no, you were not. He was the man. He was the man in a fight against the man sport. Yeah, he was. Uh, he's like Tom Brady. Like no one will admit that they're Tom Brady fans, but when you talk to them, they're like, "Oh, that Tom Brady guy. He's a real winner." Yeah. Oh, dude, I love Tony Hawk. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Guys will say that all the time. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh man, that's gonna be great. That trailer, and then watching Tony Hawk play it. Like, and then I saw like a, a little caption of Tony Hawk landing a nine hundred in a video, like testing the game out. They're like, "Yep, he still got it." As if landing a nine hundred in the video game is <laughs> acknowledges his skills are still relevant. He was playing with Jack Black, wasn't he? Yeah, they were testing it on Jack Black's YouTube channel. It's like Jablinski Games or something. What a life to have. That's that's legit Hollywood right there. Like no effort put into life. Just all packed onto a couch playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater. That's right. And, and then we saw, uh, so we saw not 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 only Tony Hawk, but we saw the release of a engine that's been along for a real time, but the Unreal Engine 5 trailer, Jermaine. Whew. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm rarely captivated, captivated by the way something looks when I'm watching it, the way I was watching this trailer. I was blown away that they were able to get as much detail and information into their nine-minute session. And when they were moving the light around to give like the spectrum of it, and they were talking about the triangles that were going into each item in the video, I was, I, I was like... I, I would truly stop to myself and thought for a second, next gen consoles are going to be out of this world. They're just going to be like something special. I'm like, this is PlayStation finally revealed details about it. I'm like, Xbox has just given us trailers of some games that are going to come out on it. Imagine what Xbox is going to present when it's presenting like engines like this. Like, when they start getting into virtual reality, I'm like, this. It, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be pretty surreal to see the leap because I remember playing Pong and Eight Bit Mario and Pac Man and Ga- Game Boy, Game Pokemon. Boy Pokemon, yeah, Pokemon oh, Red Blue. I the the Unreal Engine has always seemed to me like the Daniel Day Lewis of engines. So it doesn't. It comes out like every five to seven years, but when it comes out, you're like. This this revolutionizes gaming. Yeah. Daniel Day Daniel Day Lewis doesn't crank out movie every year, but every time he comes out, you're like, yeah, God damn, Daniel Day Lewis is such a good actor. Yeah, like, Unreal is- Engine. It's the opposite of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> it's the it's the un Nicolas Cage of engines. Absolutely. It's, what's the yeah? It's it's unfrostbite. Unfrostbite. Yeah, that that works. Frostbite is like, hey, we tweaked a minor pixel rate, and Unreal is like, that's nice. We've been working on this for seven years, and it and it looks like we've been working on it for seven years. I, I remember, I remember Unreal Tournament in the early two thousands, and that was run with Unreal Two, and that was like that was on PC, and that was like blew your mind, dude. Get out of my brain. I was literally just about to bring out the Unreal Tournament games, but I was going to talk about Unreal Championship on Xbox, oh, which I go, believe yeah. was on the Unreal Engine 3. And I, I just right. I was I was just going to say, speaking of games and nostalgia that need to get remade, the Unreal an, Tournament. Un, an Unreal Tournament or Unreal Championship comeback is what the world needs. 
Maybe, maybe it's going to come back on Unreal Engine 5. Actually, I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, Fauci is going to announce that as the cure for COVID-19 is the remake of the Unreal Tournament. It's been waiting in the wings this whole time. The CDC is waiting to reveal it. That that actually, well, actually, they they didn't even they wouldn't even have to announce it as like the cure. They would have just they they could just say, "Hey, here's Unreal Tournament," and everyone would just stay in their houses. So <laughs> exactly, he was like, "Damn it, E3's canceled this year. I was gonna do the big reveal." So now he's planning it out, man. I I figured it out, people. I figured it out. That's right. We've we've we got you. We got you, CDC. So we broke the uh, PGA Tour news last last week and how hyped we were for 2021 to be playing some virtual golf again. And this week they actually uh, confirmed the month and then they confirmed the cover athlete. Uh, what do you What are your thoughts on Justin Thomas being the cover athlete? I don't like it, man. Do it for 2022. Do it. 2K 2K 2022 can have Justin Rose on it. 2K21, if you're bringing back a golf game as legendary as a PJ Tour golf game, you got to put Tiger Woods in red on the cover. You got to do it. That's, that's just a homage. Do a homage. Championship red from the Cham- rip. That's what Cham- you're saying. Championship red, just a homage, and then phase it out. And then phase it out with Justin Rose in 2022. So, or, or give me, or I, I hope 2K gives me like a, like a master's edition or something. You remember when PJ Tour used to do that back in the day? They should give like the Masters yeah, edition. The Masters they'll, championship. Yeah. They'll probably they'll probably do that. But give me like give me the the Tiger Woods fist pump in red. Give me that on the cover. That's what I want. I, I so as much as I am a fan of championship red, a good Tiger Woods fist pump. I'm gonna have to side on the choice of this. Justin Thomas is clearly the best young pro golfer coming up in the games. Wait, wait, Jermaine, and he Jermaine. needs to be on the cover. Jermaine, where did he go to school? Justin Thomas. Yeah, NC State. No. Where did he go to school? Didn't he go to Texas? No, dude, that's Jordan Spieth. That's my guy. Oh, Jordan okay. Spieth's my guy, but he peaked and then he, he, you know, he got in his own head. I think he got too hype and then he started falling off and not playing well when it mattered. No, also, Justin, let's not for, let's not forget that golf is an incredibly hard game, and that <laughs> <laughs> that the that he was able to keep his patience for that long is frankly amazing. Yeah, Justin Thomas is just actually is one of his like good friends. They're like best friends. But he's he's the best young pro golfer right now, and the thing that you the reason why you want him on the first game in this long a period is you're trying to bring in the young fans as we talked about. So why not market somebody who's going to be around for way longer than Tiger is? Because you know, let's face it, as much as we think Tiger Woods is going to be around forever, he's he's about to be playing it. on the senior tour. I get it. I understand. I understand what the, I understand what they're going for. I get it. I I like it. If it's going to be anyone, it's going to be Justin Thomas. I would have liked to see Ricky Fowler on the Ooh, cover. Oh, that's, 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 Ooh, that's, that's 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 a shout out. That's 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 a shout out to Spence. By the way, that's that was Spence's cover athlete. Uh, our our good our good buddy from Diego Garcia. Shout out shout out Spence. Shout out Spence, man. He is so, as hype as us for this game. Actually, he's probably yeah, more hype. <laughs> he's probably more hype because he bought he bought the knockoff budget like the like tp tpc sawgrass but tp sandgrass or whatever whatever the course like listed it as like the knockoff I, I, game to play on I xbox was, i think it was tpc crabgrass that's that's what it was yeah, but they so so 
so for this game, they announced uh, they haven't announced the courses yet. Uh, they had 15 unnamed courses. So I'm going to give you my guesses, Jermaine, right here. I can think of a couple off the top of my head. What the, what, what what they need to include for this to be a legit golf game. And it, and it will because 2K Studios is doing it. But they're going to include Augusta. They're yeah. going to include... They're going to include Pinehurst. They're going to include Pebble Beach. They're going to include uh, Sawgrass. I saw in the trailer, actually, they do have the 16th at Scottsdale. So Scottsdale Ooh, will be in there. I told you I wanted that Scottsdale one, dude. Let's that go. Will, that will be in there. Uh, Beth Page Black is probably going to be in there. That's a championship course. Uh, St. Andrews is going to be in there. Torrey Pines, Bay Hill. And I won't, I don't think this one's going to be in there, but Kapalua. That's the that's the championship course or the PGA course in Hawaii on the Big Island. Those are all good picks. I, I, I'm, I'm uh, pretty excited for when they announce the, announce the courses so I can master my skills. So when I go play them in real life, obviously I'm going to dominate. You know, that's just how it works, right? So I've, I've only played one of the championship courses and that was Pinehurst. I played Pinehurst number two and Pinehurst number two is a fairly easy course. You're able to drive it. It's wide open fairways with, with pines on both sides. And uh, yeah, I was playing with my dad. Shout out, shout out Mark Morahan. Uh, I was playing it with my dad and you know, we, we were kind of looking at each other like this is a, this is a PGA championship course. And, you know, we could drive it pretty easily and we're, we're on the green and a chance for, or we're, we're getting up to the green and a chance to, to put it on and, and then have a chance to putt for, for birdie. I believe that I even had a chance to, to put it on to putt for Eagle. And then the way I like to describe, uh, Pinehurst greens on these championship greens is if you took a cereal bowl and you flipped it upside down and then you put the flag somewhere on that cereal bowl. It doesn't have to be in the middle. It doesn't have to be at the bottom. It is just somewhere. And then you tried to put a ball into the flag, into the, the pin from that cereal bowl. So I'm from about 30 yards in, it was probably, so it was probably three strokes to about 30 yards in. And then from 30 yards in, it was about six strokes. I had one, I think it was on the sixth or the seventh, Jermaine, that I literally hit over Hit on the green, rolled off. 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 And then I finally just just putted and managed to stick it on something, and then just putt, 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 and then I made it in. So yeah, this this golf game will not help you do better at any of these courses. A uh, little known fact that Pinehurst number two is actually the second hit for Lou Bega behind Mambo number five. <laughs> <laughs> that's so dumb bro <laughs> how are you gonna oh bro come on man <laughs> all right now we're gonna bust out uh the weekly uh skit for corrections god. called nick talks out of his ass god damn it jermaine <laughs> all right so those those of you who know me, and I'm sure some of you have listened to one and two that don't know me, I do a lot of talking out of my ass. I like to say things. I'm confident in the things I say. Uh, it served me well so far in my life, but a lot of the things I say are incorrect at the time. So we're going to go back. This this segment, Nick talks about our ass, talks out of my ass, is going to be me going back and reviewing the previous episode, this being episode two. I'm going to talk about what I missed. So. We'll start it off here. I said last week that the Nippon League was the Korean Baseball League. The Nippon League is actually the Japanese Baseball League and the most famous baseball league outside of America. KBO is the Korean Baseball League, the Korean Baseball Organization. It's in the name, Nick. 
So we announced that's this. The one that's uh, that's the one that's airing on ESPN. That is the one that's on ESPN right now. And if I would have watched it, I would have known that it's the KBO because they showed every time. And that's the one with the bat flip where the the dude hits a little dinger, flips his bat down the third baseline, casually rounds the bases, and picks up his bat on the way back. He's like, "Hey, that's I'm just, sorry, I disrespected you." That's just polite. That's like, hey man, I, I I forgot this. Let me let me grab it for you. I don't want to litter. That's against the law. Uh, we they we announced last uh, last podcast that Leon had announced their return to the Champions League uh, between in their match against uh, Ju- Juventus on the seventh of August. Both clubs announced after our podcast that that return was tentative and that rumor was false that they were definitely playing. So strike two. Uh, we reported, I reported last week that Barry Bonds was a two-time 40-40 player. No one has ever been a two-time 40-40 player in the history of the Major Leagues, Jermaine. 40-40, everybody, by the way, is 40 home runs and 40 steals in a single season. The club is pretty exclusive. Only four players in history have done it. Jose Canseco, Barry Bonds, Alex Rodriguez, and, Al- and, and Alfonso Soriano are the only uh, four players to have done it. But Barry Bonds has not done it twice. A fun Barry Bonds love fest, though, for you, Jermaine, and the people out there. You know, Intentional Barry Bonds. So, all other hitters in MLB history, right? Depending on what you believe, since 1865, when uh, the game was created, all other hitters in MLB history. Give me the number of hitters that have been intentionally walked to start an inning. Uh, I mean, if I had to guess, it's probably, uh, I don't know, like 177. So in MLB history, there's only been three or there's been, excuse me, there's been eight intentional walks to lead off an inning. So bases are cleared. He's the first batter of the inning. No outs, no strikes, intentionally walk the guy. There's been eight in MLB history. Would you like to give a guess how many of them are not Barry Bonds? Less than half. Barry Bonds has had five intentional walks to lead off an inning, three making up uh, making up five of eight in MOB history. There's only three three different hitters make up the other three. Barry Bonds has five. So he has 40% more than the entire Major League Baseball history. Barry Bonds, five intentional walks to lead off an inning. Everybody else tied at one. Yes. I also mentioned I also mentioned in the Barry Bonds thing that I, I believe he was walked in the World Series and Jeff Kent came up with after him. And I said Jeff Kent was a batting title and a home run champion. Jeff Kent was an MVP, but never won any batting titles or never led the league in home runs, but he was an MVP. We talked about Greg Hardy, okay, so the that's, despicable that's better though. Yeah, I mean that's that's better. Um, normally if you win the batting title or lead the league in home runs, you probably win an MVP anyway, but he just, he won the MVP. Um, so Greg Hardy, despicable human being. We talked about him, uh, on the podcast last week about UFC. I said that he was an all pro on the Carolina Panthers team in 2015. He was not on the Carolina Panthers in 2015. He was on the Dallas Cowboys and the highest rank that he ever got to in the NFL or the highest uh, award he ever got in the NFL was a second time all pro in 2013. Uh, I said that the uh, we talked about the MLB draft being reduced uh, down to 
uh, five rounds last week. I said that the five rounds is because those are the only people that get spot assigned bonuses. So if you get drafted first, you get this amount of money and so on and so forth until the 30th pick of the fifth fifth round. That's not correct. So the uh, MOB draft, each spot in the first 10 rounds is uh, assigned a value. In 2019, the first pick got $8.4 million, and the 30th pick of the 10th round was given $142,000 for their pick. Now, they can negotiate with teams, but that's the highest that their, that their slot can be. However, the reduction in five rounds will save teams about $30 million. However, in the long run, teams will have to pay about two, a little bit over $200 million dollars in draft bonuses that are recomp next year when the draft happens. So that's our first uh, iteration of Nick talks out of his ass. And and hopefully next week we're going to reduce the amount of Nick talks out of his ass, but you know, it'll, it'll always happen. Yeah. It's a reduction is probably not happening. If not, if we're anything, we're consistent. So we'll probably have the same amount next week. Oh, for sure. All right, Jermaine. Well, let me let me start off this week then. I, I'm going to give you a fun little – we'll stay on the topic of MLB, and I'm going to give you a fun little game. And you guys at home can play this little game too. Uh, Jermaine, I need you with the first initial of your first name, that being a J for you, that being an N for me, name me an infielder, an outfielder, and a pitcher with that letter. Oh, man. I can infielder, name all outfielder pitcher. I can name all Cubs for you. Uh, I mean, obviously, the Cubs are the greatest team in Major League Baseball history. So, false. Ooh, okay. Uh, the fans at home disagree. Uh, I, obviously, I don't... the infielder is El Mago, Javier Baez. Of course. I mean, he's the greatest second baseman of all time. If he retired today, no if ands or buts about it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give an if and and but for that, but I'll 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 fight you. I'll, I'll fight you next week. Okay, maybe that's a little hyperbole. All right, just a little bit, just a little bit. All right, Javier Baez is your infielder. Okay, outfielder, I'd say. Uh, let's go with Jason Hayward. That a boy. I wasn't gonna pick him, but that's a that's a good former Cub and former Cardinal though too. All right, Jason Hayward is your outfielder. And for pitcher. Oh man, pitcher, huh? Doesn't, it doesn't to have to be name? active either. Yeah, it doesn't have to be active. It has, but it has to be it the first not. name, though. Yeah, it does have to be the first letter of their their first name has to start with J. Okay, because I was gonna I was gonna cheat and say Randy Johnson. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, what if I called him Jandy Johnson? That that would not be his name, so it would be incorrect. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'm gonna go with uh now nah, let's keep it active cubby, John Lester here. There you go. Yeah, I was I I would have only changed one. I was gonna give you John Jay. I believe he's still an active Chicago Cub as well. We're not picking scrubs, bro. Come on now. Come on. We pick all, right. all yeah, stars above here. This is an all star podcast. So All right, like, let's, hear, let's hear your uh, terrible three. All right, so I'm a homer, right? So my infielder is going to be third baseman, uh, Nolan Arenado for the Colorado Rockies. For those at uh, home, that's the my, second, third baseman, second best third baseman in uh, the NL right now. 
No, I believe he's the best. I believe he's the best, and everyone would agree with me. Um, My outfielder is going to be Nick Markakis. Nick Markakis is still playing. Nick Markakis, I believe, made the All-Star game last year, and he was the uh, the only player in MLB history with uh, over 1,500 hits and uh, no All-Star nod. So that was nice for Nick Markakis. And then my pitcher, I'm going to throw it old school, but one of the best pitchers of all time, Nolan Ryan. So Nolan Arenado... Nick Markakis and Nolan Ryan. Shout out El Paso. Nolan Ryan, shout out El Paso. Shout out. A funny story about Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan threw the uh, what some think is the fastest pitch in Major League Baseball. For you baseball fans listening to the podcast, check out uh, Fastball on Netflix. It's a basically a game how the how basically pitchers have gone from throwing from uh, like the seventies when Bob Feller was around in the forties uh, to throwing like one hundred and five now. Like Jordan Hicks throws like one hundred and six pretty consistently. But Nolan Ryan threw what many consider the fastest pitch in the game. And that was in the, uh, I think it was like 105 miles per hour at the time. The thing about it was, though, a lot of the first pitches that have been clocked have been the first pitches of the game or when a reliever enters, right? That makes sense because he's fresh, his arm's ready to go, he's reared up, and he fires an in. Nolan's, <laughs> Nolan Ryan's pitch was in the seventh inning on like the 150th pitch of the ball game, and he threw it 106 miles per hour. It's incredible. That's a, uh, that's pretty remarkable. 150 pitches. Yeah. I mean, just just throwing 30 alone is like super taxing on your arm. On your 150th, I couldn't imagine. It's like it's flipping a noodle down <laughs> down the yeah. pitcher's mound. My my tendonitis can can vouch for the fact that uh, throwing over 100 pitches uh, every like three times a week and then not icing it because I was a fucking idiot is uh, not a good idea. So my tendonitis in my left arm can speak to that. Yeah. So the uh, MLB presented their uh, start proposal this week on Tuesday to the NLBPA. And it was, uh, needless to say, it was met with a little bit of eh, trepidation or. uh, Yeah, I, I don't know, man. So the so in March, right, the the MLB players association and the owners agreed to a pay reduction, right? Because they, they're not already not playing the, the number of games. They're not playing 162 games plus playoffs. So they agreed to a pay reduction, right? So now what the owners wanted to do is they wanted to do a 50, 50 revenue split with the players, basically to recoup their money from not having any fans and playing 82 games. The players don't like this obviously because who would like being asked, oh, you agree to a deal with your boss. And then your boss comes in the next day and says, hey, I know that deal we agreed to, but now you have to do it for less money than we agreed to before. Does that, does that, does that work for you? Everyone, everyone on this podcast would be no. The disconnect, Jermaine, I think that people are feeling, and I want to get your opinion on this. The disconnect that people are feeling is that me and you working for, you know, 60 to a hundred thousand dollars a year or 40, 40 to a hundred thousand, just pick, pick a range of salaries that people work for per year is it would be a big reduction. If your boss came in and said, Hey, you're working for 50,000 a year, like we agreed on, but this year you're going to work for 30,000. You'd be like, no, but if you worked half time, you get half pay that that makes sense to everybody. Correct. 
Yeah, I mean, you're not playing a full season, so you're going to get less pay. And right now the players aren't playing and they're getting paid. Yeah, but the, the, the disconnect is coming in, right? Because you have millionaires whining about how much they're making. So I'll take I'll, I'll take Blake know, Snell. Cry. I'll take Blake Snell for an example, who's been the most vocal of the players on this pay cut, right? And and I re- honestly think the players need to be quiet and let the MLBPA sort sort stuff out. That's why you guys have a union. That's why you guys have a players association to fight for you. If you think that they don't have their best interest at heart, then you run to be the leader of the players' organization and you change it. Right. If you don't think the PA has your best interest at heart, then you change it. Right. I'm not an MLB player. I've never been part of a union, but that's that makes sense to me. But you have Blake Snow, who made seven million dollars last year and who's on the hook for about who's on the hook for the same amount this year, about seven million dollars. If you take if you take what he said, the owners are proposing, which was a 50 uh, uh, they're playing 82 games, which is half of the season. That's a 50 percent pay cut. And then you take the owners want to take another. 33% or another 25 or another 33% basically if you factor in taxes. Blake's now would still be making about 1.2 million a year. It's pretty hard when you come talk to regular people and you have some dude going, but I'd only make 1.2 million a year. It's like, shut up and play. The thing that gets me upset is that you have guys out here that are talking about, oh, well, I'm putting my life at risk. You're not putting your life at risk by playing baseball. Sure, people have died for playing baseball, but that's that's been from like bats off balls, like balls traveling 120 miles per hour that hit somebody in the head. That's a that's a freak thing, right? I saw kids get hit in the head in high school. They didn't die, right? I saw kids get hit with pitches. They didn't die. I saw a kid in literally break his orbital bone. He didn't die. He's still he's still good. Right? He's still able to carry on functional life. You guys are top tier athletes with top tier care, right? I, th- I think I've been with, ranting for too long. Access to testing. They have access to testing. The MLB has top-notch medical facilities. Every team has top-notch training staffs. You're in peak physical condition. And, I mean, statistically speaking, even if you don't think the statistics are accurately reported, it's it's something like 98.9 survival rate in America yeah. right now. Yeah. And the, the, the thing is – some baseball did you hear this news today Jermaine that they're actually the way that baseball intends to combat this is they're going to convert their PED testing facility into a COVID testing facility wow so essentially bring back the 98 season everybody do everybody do a bunch of roids because they can't test for it but so we we digress right so to go over the actual proposal right so not talking about money not talking about financials Jermaine take the people over a little bit of what what is this what is what do we need for baseball to start happening what's the actual proposal okay so what the owners suggested we alluded to a little bit of it it was an 82 game regular season right and, and we'll say this the players have had no problem game. with this. Right, the players have had no problem with this, right, Jermaine? They have not. Their their not concerns are not with how this is set up. In fact, they've said they like the setup. Correct. Correct. They actually agree with a lot of the points in it. So they like the eighty-two regular game season. They like the mainly divisional setup. They said there'd be no all-star game due to the condensed nature of the season. They decided to expand the playoffs from 10 to 14. So they're essentially adding four more wildcard teams to each league, that being national and American. And then my favorite, first of all, this podcast is pro pitchers who rake 
for the record, but I'm actually super curious to see how this works, seeing an NLDH for the first time. Because we all know it's eventually coming. They're they're eventually going to switch it over to the NLDH as much as we like pitchers who rake. But, you know, that that's just the way it goes. And then, so the tentative start date they have for spring training 2.0, since they were in the middle of their first one this March, is going to be in June with the July 4th start of the actual season. And that's that's for, for everybody out there. That's a spring training that is strictly held state pending, of course, at the team's facility. This is not and this is just getting the players back into the field of baseball, pitchers throwing, pitchers and catchers throwing, hitters hitting, fielders fielding. They're not playing. The only games they would play would be inner inner squad scrimmage games. I think they would go back. They would go to reduced 50-man rosters. I think they said uh, reduced from the 60 that they normally do for spring training. They would go to 50-man rosters, um, and they would go from there, but they would play no games against other teams until the start date on July 4th. I love the start date on July 4th. I think July, I think July 4th is an awesome Memorial Day, July 4th, Father's Day, and Mother's Day uh, are awesome days in baseball because you got the different uniforms, you got the different caps. I think it's going to be awesome to start on July 4th. Um, and one thing you didn't mention, Jermaine, is if if this, we talked about states, if states don't clear these games, it is more likely. So California, Los Angeles has pretty much locked down until August. They said that uh, if states don't clear these games, that the teams can use their spring training facilities in Arizona and Florida. So F- Florida and Arizona have been amicable towards uh, letting the teams play there. Yeah, actually, uh, this week, Arizona just announced that all professional sports can continue in Arizona. And we all know how Florida has been. Florida has been saying, hey, that stuff's essential. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do it. That's why UFC occurred there. That's why pro wrestling has been going on there. You know. Shout out Becky Lynch's retirement this week, man. That was a uh, some 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 bum worthy news. The Irish last kicker, bro. She retired. She didn't retire, but she she uh, relinquished her title belt because she's pregnant. A brief sabbatical, we'll call it that. Yeah, she's step away for a while. So, in in other news, Jermaine. So we have we have basically news on on every major sports organization. So we talked about the MLB and their plan. That's those debates are still going on right now. So the proposal, like Jermaine said, was proposed on Tuesday. It was rejected by the players, but negotiations are ongoing right now. Um, I, I think we'll probably see b- baseball is on a shorter timeline than the MO than the, uh, sorry, the NBA and the NFL. Take us, take us through a little bit about what's, what's going on in the NBA right now, Jermaine. So the NBA is a, uh pretty fascinating because it seems to be like the only league that is kind of on the same page when it comes to owners front offices players commissioner players association as well as the nba as a whole which is the commissioner's front and so they had a meeting together where the heads of the players association as well as other key superstars in the league all said, yes, we do want to play. We want to play. Like that is consensus. Every single person throughout the NBA wants to play. So talks have been positive, gaining momentum, and they said they would reevaluate in two to four weeks with a start time sometime probably mid-June. 
which was pretty cool to hear because we might be getting LeBron James junking on people in the playoffs, Giannis taking it down the lane, yamming it like a bad mama jamma. At the same time, we get the NFL season kicking off and Brady clashes with Breeze. That could be your casual Sunday in September. Uh, something I never thought I'd see. I just think that'd be pretty cool, and it'd be giving you something to look forward to. Yeah, we've. I mean, we, we've we've seen pretty much across the league from from Adam Silver on down to Chris Paul, who, like you said, was is the head of the players organization or the the PA, um, or the players union. It's called the players union. It's the NBA NBA PA. So it's no, the players association from, you know, they apparently they had a, a, this conference call with, with league stars with Giannis and, and LeBron and AD and, and, and all these guys across the league. Um, you've pretty much seen top down from the top down to these, to these players. No one has really come out and said, I don't want to play. Everyone has come out and said, yeah, I let's go. Let's ball check up. Yeah, it's, what's really what's really funny is the the people that have given pushback. When it's kind of funny that they're giving their opinion, considering they have cushy studio jobs and they they could probably do their studio show from the comfort of their own couch. You know, with today's technology, is uh, Shaq and Charles Barkley have been pretty admin on it, and then you have uh, oh, that's Jay- that's terrible. I don't know why they stunned because of this COVID. That's the cold tur no turkers. Yeah, and I'm just like I kind of uh, it's kind of like shut your mouth. <laughs> like this isn't your decision to make. Like if you don't want to come do the show, I'm very positive they they can find another old head to come sit in your seat for this playoffs. You know what I mean? Like all right, fine. If you don't feel comfortable, stay home. Just shut it. Just let them decide what they want to do. They're the ones showing up to the stadiums. They're the ones playing. They're the ones risking what they want to for the game they love. You know. I guarantee you when they were younger and actually hooping, if you told them, Hey, you can't hoop, they'd probably be pretty upset with you. It's the, it's, it's, it's kind of, I, I kind of see it. It's the NFL concussion issue manifesting itself in the NBA, right? You're, you're not going to get, you're not going to get people who aren't playing anymore to be like, this is a big risk. You should, you should sit out of play to get, you know, to and compare it to old heads in basketball, Shaq and Charles Barkley, oh, that's terrible to say, Hey, you guys shouldn't play. Fuck off. We're gonna play, right? We're we're, we're you're not part of this league anymore. Your your livelihood, as ridiculous as you know, playing for tens of millions of dollars is, but your livelihood doesn't depend on you playing this game. Your livelihood depends on you sitting in front of a TV and spewing hot air, which you're doing very well. Congratulations to Shaq and Charles. They're doing very well. Correct. Yeah, I mean, everyone's a big fan of them, but in this instance, it's just like, hey, yo, Shaq Diesel. Go ahead and keep your opinions to yourself. Ain't nobody want to hear it. Go hey, eat Charles. some more hot wings. Hey, Charles, this is the big diesel. Hey, I, I don't think those players should be playing with no COVID. Yeah. Those are pretty those, those are pretty solid uh, impressions right there. I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> hey, so, don't toot your own horn. Let, that's right. Let the fans toot, toot. at home. No. No, fuck that. Toot, toot. Uh, so even though, so Jermaine, in, in, you said in two to four weeks, right, we could get a vote. Yeah, two to four weeks. So I'm hoping it's on the two-week side. I'm hoping that maybe some news comes out that that pushes them with positive momentum forward and they can start getting these announcements with start dates going because, you know, I'm ready for some basketball. I don't know about you. We missed March Madness. NBA playoffs haven't started. It's it's time to see some hooping. Yeah, even even the non basketball the non basketball fan in me is kind of is kind of you know looking around going, where's basketball? But 
we here in America love basketball and we are going to be able to see it when it comes on. However, Jermaine, tell me about other people of the world. I believe the Chinese are not going to be so lucky. Yeah, China's been having a real uh, strong news year this year. I think they have a little something else going on. But, you know, let's talk about their basketball news. So, so CCTV you- in China is uh, has come out on the record saying we're still not airing NBA games. So on Monday, the NBA announced that they've appointed a new CEO of NBA China, and his name is Michael Ma. He spent 13 years with the NBA thus far, and he's actually part of Chinese sports royalty because his father, his name is Ma Guali. I don't know if I said that correctly, so I apologize. If sounded, I that, that sounded name. Italian. That didn't say <laughs> Guali. Here's the thing. Michael Ma and Ma Guali, like, I don't know, dude. I, I don't really know. I'm, Chinese is not my first language. Gobble ghoul. <laughs> okay, Dad, Nick, <laughs> and we're gonna need Nick to go in the, the corner real quick. Time out chair, penalty. Time out chair. So his father is the one who uh, started CCTV Sports, and he did it for 16 years. And he actually resigned from the CBA, which is the China Basketball Association, on Tuesday after they made the announcement that they were bringing the NBA back. Well, that's that's not good. <laughs> Yeah, so this is actually this reports is, estimate that the NBA has lost upwards of three hundred million dollars in revenue just for them not pl- airing games this one season. And for it's, the it's, it's only been this season. For those of you who've who've been living under a rock and you're like, I thought the Chinese really loved basketball. They do. They really love the NBA. They want to see the NBA. This is this is kind of a this is a fight between the Houston Rockets owner or Houston Rockets GM, sorry, Daryl Morey. Uh, remember in October, he tweeted out uh, pro Hong Kong, which pro Hong Kong is pro Hong Kong independence is anti Chinese government uh, tweets. Uh, there was that whole deal with LeBron James and the NBA basically staying mute on the whole humans, right? Human rights violations in Hong Kong and Daryl Morey, uh, tweeted basically took a stand and, and called out NBA players and called out uh, the um, NBA's position on Chinese politics and the Chinese government didn't like that. So that's where this is still coming from, but it's kind of taken a back seat because there's been, there's been a little bit of a bigger issue that's, that's come out of China. Like you said. Yeah. Fight for freedom. Stand with Hong Kong. That's <laughs> yeah. And find out where the COVID came from. <laughs> so we want the truth. So we've 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 gone over the MLB and the NBA. They seem like they're if if I were if I were to rank professional sports leagues, Jermaine, I would probably rank closest to opening. It would probably be the NBA, the NFL, the NBA at one, NFL at two, MLB at three, and NHL at four. I, I have no idea what the NHL is doing. I, I, I have I haven't heard anything. I, I haven't I've I've heard that they don't want to open that they they've I remember they talked about Vegas as a common spot, but that's all I've heard. Yeah, NHL is a uh, unilaterally unilaterally on the same page with the premise that they're just not going to say anything until they actually have a decision. 
So it's like we haven't decided no, we haven't decided yes, but that's all you're getting from us. What if uh, what believe, if we actually I don't know no this? Comment. What if they actually what if we don't know this, but they're actually playing like a secret hockey league just and they just don't want to tell anybody because NHL players are just so bad at social media. They're just actually playing. And they're like, Oh yeah, we forgot to tell you guys the Blackhawks won the cup. <laughs> I don't know what year year you're in. The Blackhawks winning the cup. Okay, I'll take it though. 2006. Shout out Blackhawks. So, so like I said, the NFL is probably second from opening. So we we got recent news. Actually, we got news probably what Jermaine a couple of hours before this podcast that the NHL teams can start to reopen their facilities. uh, NFL, NFL, my friend. What did I say? NHL. Oh, NHL. Sorry, I'm I'm still hot on that. So uh, basically, Roger Goodell. Uh, so I got it pulled up here. Roger Goodell at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern today sent a memo to all 32 teams, basically allowing uh, the first group of employees back into team facilities. Right. Some of the rules they they can't let. It's got to be less than 50 percent or no more than 50 percent of non-player staff, uh, up to a total of 75 per day. Uh, the only players that would be allowed to return are those already rehabilitating injuries and uh, no members of the coaching staff uh, will be allowed in the facility and strength and conditioning coaches are only allowed in the facility if they are helping the players rehab. So it, it's, it's an opening, I guess, but it's, it's essentially opening. It, I don't know. I, I don't hear this side of. I don't hear this side of the NFL, right? Because normally, right now, like you said, we're talking about NHL and we're talking about NBA, and then third comes NBA or it comes MLB. Excuse me, Jesus, I can't get my acronyms right. My three letter agencies are all off today. Oh, so yeah, FBI, NSA. Yeah. So so we don't shout out NSA. Thanks for listening. Um, so we don't we don't really hear this side, but I it seems like everything's operating pretty normal. What do you think, Jermaine? Yeah, I mean, the NFL has been on record saying, hey, we're not making any decisions on the league right now. They're operating business as usual with a few tweaks and changes to limit, you know, maximum exposure. But they're operating as if this league is kicking off on, if I'm not mistaken, it's like September, September 9th or something like that. Yes. Anyways, that doesn't really matter. But yeah, and and then a bigger piece of news than that. Or were you done done saying what you were going to say about that? No, I was just making the point that they're on the same page. Like this is exactly how they want to keep operating and and it'll be a different offseason, but come September 10th when we're playing the Thursday night game with the Chiefs and and it's going to be business as usual for the NFL, even if there's no fans in the stadiums. Yeah, I mean the Falcons already pump in fan noise anyway, so I mean, it's not going to be any different from them. The fa- the the Falcons might win the Super Bowl this year, Jermaine, because they're used to playing with no fans. <laughs> <laughs> the Falcons winning a Super Bowl, good one, Nick. Classic. Classic. They'd probably they'd probably step on themselves anyway. But the 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 real big piece of news that also came out today that came out earlier, Jermaine, is the NFL owners are going to have a vote on a proposition next week. Uh, that grants teams that hire a minority coach or a, mi- a minority GM uh, higher draft picks. Did you hear this? I did. So essentially, I don't know how I feel about this. All right. Obviously, if we would have had a podcast back when the NFL coaching hires were happening, you and I were very upset 
that Robert Sala, Eric Bieniemy, um, Leslie Frazier, Dennis uh, Allen, uh, Dennis Allen, um, who's the who, Jim Schwartz, right? These are guys that have had success in the NFL at coordinator jobs and head coaching jobs, and are minorities and are not getting positions. Right. I don't know. I can't name GM candidates off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's very qualified general manager and, uh, you know, and assistant general manager and director of player p- development positions that need to be filled by people of color and other minorities. Right. Right now, there's two NFL co- or there's four NFL coaches and two NFL GMs that are minorities. I, I, I definitely believe that the NFL needs the Rooney rule is not working and they they need to change the Rooney rule by the way is basically when teams interview candidates for head coaching jobs they have to put a minority they have to put him in in a, in a search and they have to interview him right i don't think the Rooney rule is working because they just don't have to hire him that being said this new rule came out that basically said that uh if a um, team hires a head coach, their draft selection in the third round will go up by uh, a minority head coach. Their draft selection in the third round will, will go up by six spots, Jermaine. If they hire a GM, their draft selection will go up by 10 points. If they hire both a coach and a GM, their draft selection will go up by 16 spots. I don't see the purpose of this. Maybe it's creating yeah. a change, but it's the third round is as we've both. I mean, we, we talked about it in the NFL draft episode. The third round is an extremely valuable pick. You can still get guys that are first round talents in the third round, moving up 16 spots in the third round that could change a franchise. Yeah. So I'm a firm believer that the third round is the championship round. The third round is where championships are won because the, it's typically where the guys who don't pop what they call the elite traits, right? Where they don't have top-notch speed or top-notch top, top notch hops or XYZ fall, but they're tremendous football players. They're multi-year captains. They're or league small league schools, captains. small school guys too. Small school, small guys, school guys. Like – uh, multi-year captains, league leader in tackles, like all-time passing yard records for smaller divisions, which aren't necessarily the top five. Like that's where the third round is, and that's what I call the championship round. So to get a 16-point bump from where you are, so let's say you're you won the Super Bowl and you have the 96th pick, excluding con- uh, compensatory picks that were awarded, you have pick 96. You can go from pick 96 to pick 80 and have won the Super Bowl. And if your board falls out correctly, you can get a player that has top 40, was top 40 on your big board. That, that to me is too big a change. And I see what the NFL is going for. The Rooney rule hasn't worked. Two GMs and four coaches is a 17-year low. It's clearly not working. And for a league that is as mixed as it is player-wise, you would think you would want more representation in the executive uh, positions. I just don't see this as being the appropriate course correction. When I I, here's here's the question to ask too. Let's say you win. Let's say you don't win the Super Bowl and you're actually a Browns team in 2018 that went 0 and 16. 
and you have the first pick of the third round. Well, if wow. you well if you hire, let's say you hired Eric Bieniemy, excuse me, and, and shout out Eric, Eric, who should who should be a head coach in the NFL. It's ridiculous he's not. He's he's just he's just as much. He should be. He should have a a co Super Bowl win with Andy Reid. Andy Reid lets him call all the plays on offense. Here's if if you have the th- first pick in the third round, how will this work if you hire both a coach and a GM? He doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be the best coach. He doesn't have to be the best GM. But if you just moved up sixteen spots, are you moving from the first pick in the third round to a mid second round pick to the sixteenth pick in the second round? It's, I mean, almost, that's, it's almost strategy at that point. That's, yeah, that's, let's let's say you hire Eric Bieniemy, and then you also hire a GM who is of minority, and he's just as qualified as every other GM who's hired because he's been working the position. And and and, and, and white GMs and and twenty seven white GMs don't hit. I can name five. I can probably name five good GMs off the top of my head right now. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, we could name more bad GMs than good. That's yeah. <laughs> that, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't I don't agree, man. I, so, I love I love the idea that they're trying to fix it and that it's something that's on their mind. The fact that it's something that's talked about is great. The fact that they're making a concerted effort. It's just how about maybe you limit how much time a, a coach can stay away before he retreads. Yeah. So, so that was, that was, that was what I'm going to talk about now. So this vote does need 24 of 32 votes to pass. Um, but under this plan, a team can move up five spots in the fourth round. If the, if this minority, either coach or general manager successfully enters a third year on the job. All right. Another point of this is retaining a quarterback's coach after one year, retaining a minority quarterback's coach for one year would net a fourth round pick. And uh, losing, basically losing minority candidates to other teams would earn that loot, the team that lost, a third round pick for a minority candidate to become a head coach or general manager and a fifth pick to the former team for a coordinator hire. So that's basically, silence, silence all your cell phones, please. Um, it's basically... If you, if a team hires your coach or general manager, the team that, that he got hired from also gets a third round pick. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't see this passing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could see it passing. So that way the owners can say, Hey, look, we did something. Cause that's very much how the NFL owners like to treat situations like this. So to be Wait, honest, I <laughs> what's the minority breakdown of NFL owners? <laughs> uh, I believe that's carry the seven multiplied yeah. by three square root of seventeen. Yeah, yeah, I think it's zero. I think yeah, I don't think there's any uh, NFL owners besides the Jacksonville Jaguars owner who can be considered a minority. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess he would fall under it. I'd have to really look at it. I might we'll, know we'll, we'll, we'll look at it and get it back to you. Just just kind of rapid fire. All right, we're, we're talking about these returns. We talked about the Bundesliga last week. Serie A is coming back on June 13th. The MLS is slated for a June return, right? So we're getting some international soccer back. That's good. That should be a prelude towards the Champions League. But the biggest league, Jermaine, the Premier League, came out at the beginning of the week and they said, we're coming out in June. 
And then we had this outcry of players and managers that said, what? Yeah, it's uh, it's the same thing with the MLB. Uh, what well, we touched on with the MLB Players Association. All the, all the players came out. They pretty much essentially saying their lives were in danger and this, that. I understand that there is a disease going on out there. So if you're, if you're not comfortable, that's fine. But – I mean, danger is a bit excessive. And so it seems to me like the owners didn't touch bases with anyone and just kind of put out a press release and said, hey, you guys better agree with this because everyone's going to be excited. Yeah, so so what we know right now is the, is the title and, and the, 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 the EPL, the Premier League title, won't be voided and relegation won't be voided. Um, but the Premier League still has to ask the English government or the, the UK government to allow games at home grounds. They don't have permission to allow games at home grounds yet, which I feel like is kind of a big thing because they can't they can't just take the English Premier League and go play in Germany. They can't. Yeah, that's exactly. not that's not just something they can do. And then and then a, a final bit of, a final bit of news, Jermaine. Netflix uh, has kind of seen where this where this sports doc thing has been going, and and they they uh, announced a new doc for us. What do you got? Oh, they actually announced the U.S. women's national team. I remember watching this team when I was nine years old and getting pretty hype on it because uh, it was pretty. And women's international soccer is so exciting to watch. And they were so dominant, so it was awesome. And everyone was a big Mia Hamm fan as a kid. So they're actually doing a 99er. I think that's what they're going to call the uh, documentary, by the way. Oh, that's 99er. good. And Brand- so- Brandy, shout out Brandy Chastain. Yeah, I mean that squad was so talented. So they're actually Mia Ham, Brandy Chastain. Ooh, I love Mia Ham, big fan. Oh man, I'm actually pretty excited for that documentary. I hope I'm I'm curious to see how they they go through this process with it. So we actually want to let's just get into some UFC quick hits, like real quickly. Yeah. Uh, did you see that Cejudo retired after 249? Yeah. So he won. He won, and then and then he was like, "Okay, thanks for having me, guys." He's like, I've done it all. He tiki barbered it. He tiki barbered it. He went out on top. That's that's the way to go. Shout out, shout out to him, dude. Sahuda is a is a is a G, dude. He's a, he's a he's a killer. He's the he's the second person ever to successfully defend his belt in two different weight classes. I mean, that's just that's just amazing. Uh, Francis Ngannou said he wants to fight Cormier for the belt at heavyweight. And right now with Miocic hurt, maybe they could do an interim bout and winner gets Miocic. But if I'm Cormier, after seeing that Tyson and Ganu video, I want nothing to do with that fight. Nobody. So so basically Tyson posted this, or I think it was Tyson or Ngannou. Someone posted on their Twitter feed a video of Francis Ngannou, who already, already puts people to sleep with his fists, getting tips from Mike Tyson, don't punch long, drive into the body. If you're in here, uppercut, punch to the ribs, like a power. And Mike Tyson at what? He's like 60 now? 53, 53. Oh my God. Still got it. If I paid you a million dollars, would you take a punch from Mike Tyson in the face? Can I wear headgear? No. No. Here's a punch. Like, I can't block or anything. Like I can't have headgear. I just have to accept a punch to the face from Mike Tyson. One million dollars. Zero percent. That wouldn't even cover the medical bills. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. One no, million one, one million dollars doesn't cover me sounding like Muhammad Ali after I get back up. 
Are you kidding me? My list would be worse than Mike Tyson's. Yeah. Well, speaking of speaking of interim belts, you saw the 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 Guthrie, right? I, that was the that was my awesome moment of 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 the last UFC of the UFC 249. He g- gets the interim gets the interim belt put on him, takes it off, and before Joe Rogan can even interview him, throws it to the side and goes, "I'll wait for the real one." What a boss! Oh man, he just shoved Dana White out of the way. Like, get off me, bro! I don't want that piece of junk. No, actually, his name is Gaethje. Oh, Gaethje. Sorry, oh. Gaethje. Guthrie is uh, Ooh, early er, 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 early submission to to Nick talks out of his ass. <laughs> I have to be on my toes. I got to catch it live. That's right. Uh, yeah, so I respect that because I I don't want no interim title. I'm ready for the champ. So actually, because Khabib's father was just kind of hospitalized, uh, I'm not sure the extent of what it is or what it was for. I believe it might be COVID related. Actually, the fight got pushed from June to September for tentative. And that's going to be live from Fight Island, though. Where are they? I mean, where are they having this? Where are they having this Fight Island? Has it been released yet? Dude, so Dana Dana White won't tell anybody. It's because it's it's it's, like, it's, it's it's from some it's from some like Omani Sheik's Blood Island, probably. Oh yeah, man. This is this is actually where the uh, coronavirus came from. It, that's just, it's, it's the same a, island. Wu- they just repurposed it. Wuhan Island. It's Wuhan Islands, yeah, and I believe Shao Kong is the master there. So if Dana White is listening, Dana, after you get back from Fight Island, I need you to go to Chernobyl. I hear it's relatively safe now. And I need you to have a UFC Chernobyl. You want to make money, Dana? Dana, listen to me. You want to make money? Go UFC Chernobyl and make Khabib fight in Chernobyl. Khabib yeah. McGregor Chernobyl. No hazmat suit. No hazmat suit. Zero. Zero. You only live once. I want, it, I want you to put a lens on the camera so I can see the green gases around them. But a, a radio, you need to have the the fighters, the time left, the round, and a had and a hazmat uh, a, a rad has counter. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Shout out Fallout. <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. So Anthony Smith was losing teeth in the middle of his main event fight this Wednesday. I thought that was pretty crazy. Like You need, he, his, you need to brush teeth them teeth, young man. They got knocked out of his mouth. He grabs it with his hand, gloves still on and all, gives it to the referee while receiving punches to the face still. And I'm like, that's a pretty baller move. That's some focus right there. Like, you got to think that's some focus to just be getting punched in the face and then not think like, oh, this dude has punched me in the face and think, oh, no, my teeth. <laughs> and then give them to the ref and then be like, I'll, I'll, I'll get with you in a second. You can keep punching me if you want, but I, I got to take care of this. Yeah, he clearly prioritized his future smile over a W. That, that's that's right. all I got from that. So uh, let's move on, dude. I think we finally got to the part of the show uh, that everyone has been waiting for. It is a huge hit. It's everyone's return of the favorite segment. Find him and cut him in that order. And I think to, I think this week uh, <laughs> we're clearly making history because, I mean, it may be the second installment, but this is the first so, – so- so before before life. before we go into this, Jermaine, let's tell the people at the beginning of the week, Jermaine and I actually the beginning of the week, I mean, I mean yesterday, Jermaine and I were sitting 
well, in our respective uh, unnamed East and West Coast locations. And we were talking, what are we going to do for find them and cut them, right? Nothing has really happened. We're going to have to scrap together a story. And then the heavens opened up and the greatest find them and cut them story descended down upon us like an angel from on high. So for those of you who the Lord, the Lord said on the seventh day, let Nick and Jermaine have this story. So for those of you who own a TV are on Twitter or on Instagram, just don't pay attention to the news. There were two players, both defensive backs, uh, DeAndre Baker and Quentin Dunbar. DeAndre Baker, obviously, is a is a cornerback for the Giants. He was a 2019 first-round pick. Quentin Dunbar is an undrafted free agent with Seattle. He had six interceptions over the last two years. DeAndre Baker... Has had a little bit of attitude issues, would you say, Jermaine, over the last uh, over the last years? Yeah, so he he was uh, drafted uh, by Dave Gettleman, right? <laughs> Shout out your boy Dave Gettleman. You know, what, Dave. You know, what, Dave. I'm wishing you a productive uh, return from cancer. And once you beat cancer, and I hope you do, because I don't wish ill like that on anyone. Once you make a successful return from cancer, you can go fuck yourself like you fuck the Carolina Panthers. Whoo! There was some animosity on that one. You've you cut Steve Smith, you cut Josh Norman, you cut D'Angelo Williams, you cut Jonathan Stewart. And Julius I hate you. Peppers. And you re-signed Marty Herney. Who wants Marty Herney as a GM? I right, keep going. Yeah, so needless to say, Dave Gettleman, uh, we're big fans of Dave Gettleman. Not, Actually, not a- if if the owners approve that rule with the draft pick movements, I actually predict the Giants will move up a few slots in two years when they can him for making the most awful personnel decisions ever. I mean, he traded back into the first round to 30th overall to take DeAndre Baker, and everyone was just like, what a reach because of his off-field attitude issues. And then sure enough, this story breaks in the in the in the middle of a slow news year for pro sports, DeAndre Baker and Quentin Dunbar are in a party in Florida. Their their home state. They're from Miami. They're at a party and they decide to rob the party at allegedly allegedly rob the party at gunpoint mm-hmm. for jewelry and money. And apparently, at one point, DeAndre Baker was quoted as telling one of the gunmen in masks to shoot whoever's coming through that door. Let me, let me, let me just say it was released in the story that the main piece of joy that they were stealing Jermaine was a $60,000 watch. Well, I guess it's worth it. Even if Deandre Baker and Quentin Dunbar were making league minimum, do you want to know how much money they would be making per year at league minimum? Dude, I know. It's like $750,000, isn't it? $610,000. Let me do a quick math. But you can buy about 10 of those watches. Buy. Buy. Legally. It's legal to buy things. It's called capitalism. You can buy those watches. So, and I think we might actually... There there was a news that came out today that that, uh, the arrest warrants are still pending because neither of the defensive backs have turned themselves in. But... 
Quentin Dunbar's attorney has said that they have five sworn affidavits from witnesses at the party that say he was not involved. So maybe Quentin Dunbar has saved himself. I don't think he saved his NFL career, at least with the Seahawks. I think he's going to be fined and cut. And we'll see about uh, Baker. Baker may be fined and cut and jailed. That might be yeah. giving giving yeah, giving a new name to lockdown corner, Jermaine. <laughs> that indeed. And yep. I just love that in the in the second ever rendition of Find Him and Cut Him, we have an actual find them and cut them situation. Like literal, literal find them and cut. They're literally find and cut. Oh man, that's great. So, uh, I think that, I think that's bringing us close to the end. We have one, I just have one quick note that I wanted to get off. Katie Sackoff is joining the Mandalorian season two and Mandalorian season two has already come out and said it will not be delayed. So it's shaping up to have an all-star cast and to really, really have some cool and fun stuff happening. So I'm really looking forward to that second season. When is, have they announced the release date for season two yet? Um, I believe they have, actually. Let me double check real quick. But uh, f- go ahead and move on to the next little part while I get this answer for you. Yeah, so we've we've gotten a lot of people asking us why the name Room 303. It's kind of just a it's 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 a random name for for a podcast. Why don't you just call it, you know, Talking Sports with Nick and Jermaine. But um it's kind of an anticlimactic story. So Jermaine and I met, I'm sure we mentioned this in the first podcast. We met on Diego Garcia, which if I didn't mention before I might have uh is a tiny little island in the Indian Ocean about 7 degrees south of the equator. So if you draw a line south from the tip of India and you draw a line east from the middle of Africa, you're going to hit a chain of islands that are owned by the British and rented by the United States Navy called Diego, Gar- Dar- Diego Garcia. Shout out DGSBs. Um, Jermaine and I met Jermaine was working there when a young wily Lieutenant junior grade showed up, um, and swept him off his feet. Uh, Jermaine, I think, I think we were friends like off the jump. Like, I think our first interaction, we were like, yeah, yeah, this guy's pretty cool. Like, I think we both made that, 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 uh, determination. What do you think the exact first interaction? I think the first sentence we said is like, what's up? What's up? You like pizza? And that was it. Oh, it- Oh yeah, that's yeah. What's up with you? That's okay. Um, so yeah, so I we lived on the ship for a while um, in Diego Garcia, and then uh, our my commanding officer uh, had the foresight. Uh, shout out Captain White. He had the foresight to move us ashore in rooms that we were already allotted. Um, Jermaine and I, uh, Jermaine. When he was able to get off work, we pretty much lived in this room with a giant 200-inch projector screen, a fridge full of beer. The door was always unlocked. Everyone, we would come home from work sometimes and just random people that we that we knew would just be in there like watching Netflix. Like Jermaine would get off work and then just like invite people we saw on the street over. Uh, and that room was called room 303. So that was room 303 in the barracks. So that's why we've 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 given it given it the name. Shout out the Boneyard. Shout out the Boneyard. 
<laughs> what did we call the catalyst? That was what we called it at first. The catalyst. Oh, the catalyst. Because it's where the night started. And that was where that was where many a night, many a many a walk to the uh many a walk down to Jay and Gunner's room started, and then many uh many a walk to the brick club, and then many a uh a dicey walk back, a dicey bus ride back. But the, yeah. the the door was never locked, the the fridge was never empty of beer, and the projector was never on. I or it was never off. Yeah, I was a pretty uh, personable guy. I was the island gentleman, so I knew everybody, and I invited everyone everywhere. So, uh, and by the end of the night, once we were smashed off the seventeen thousand cookies, uh, <laughs> shout out the drink of choice, the cookie. Uh, man, we were uh, we were pretty much toasty all the time in room three hundred three. Yeah, that was a that was a good place. That was a good place. We need to we need to get that crew back for a for a union somewhere. But as you guys know, we've been doing this every week. We've been running a hundred miles, uh, and we have an update for you every week. So, Jermaine, tell the people what we're running for, why we're doing it. All right. So, as mentioned in the first two podcasts, if you've been a routine listener, I'm doing we're doing a hundred mile challenge. Uh, through May 31st. Currently, the leaderboard sits Jermaine at 50.58 miles Chugging and Nick at, at 14.22. Slow and steady wins the race. Uh, so we're doing this part of my hometown's not-for-profit called Shout Run out for Paso. EP. And uh, that's Run for an EP was started by two of my buddies, and they actually use this as an opportunity to get everyone – out up and moving during this quarantine where everyone was probably stuck at home most of the time and not getting any sun. And we uh, encourage them to go ahead and get out there and get moving and start building up these, you know, building up these run totals and hitting that goal. And uh, so far the outpouring and, you know, really like, you know, the way the community has latched onto this has been pretty impressive uh, just what they've been able to do. I think it's something like uh, 2,300 plus miles have been run so far. And we're a little past the midway point. Yeah, that's that's awesome to everybody that's been running. I'm not one of those people. I think I've, I've either determined to do one thing. Either I'm not going to run again until the end and fake some sort of injury, either it be foot or back, or I'm going to run uh, 75 miles all at once. I, I think that's my... That's my goal. I'm either going to do it all at once, like a college project, like the the 30th. I'm just going to run that day. I'm just going to run all that day. Um, or I'm just not going to do it and fake an injury. I'm, I'm going with option B right now. That's probably going to be my option. Yeah, don't believe him. He front-loaded this podcast when we were off air with, uh, yeah, dude, I think I broke my foot. I, I didn't. Work I, out said, I, I said if no. it's, I, I started a workout today, and I thought I broke my foot. My foot yeah. is not broken because I injured it doing yard work the other day. And I, I'm 28 years old. I don't injure my foot doing yard work. So yeah. we. And so, he also hurt his back. Listen, I'm a young man with a bad back. All right. It's not shocking for a military man such as myself. So we, we, we told you <laughs> right back at you, buddy. We told you that we, we we asked this question at the beginning of the podcast. I'll, I'll say the podcast again, or I'll say the question again if you guys forgot about it. So the, the trivia question, and we'll do this every week. The trivia question for episode three was, which active Super Bowl winning quarterback 
has never received an MVP vote. Not an award, Jermaine, but a vote. Do you have any guesses to who it is? Yeah, um, Nick Foles. I actually don't know if Nick Foles has, has received an MVP vote. That's actually a good. I it, I actually didn't. We so we didn't really research this at all. So you might be correct. Actually, has he received an MVP I, vote? It's just the way you phrase the question. It's it's you know it's which it should be which superstar quarterback. You know, like who's a top five quarterback in the league who's never received a Super Bowl uh, MVP vote? I mean, not a Super Bowl MVP. He has a Super Bowl MVP. He just doesn't have an MVP vote in the I, regular season. Yeah. All right. Well, I, we're probably going to get flack for this then. But the the answer that we're looking for was Russell Wilson. So it was released this week. Uh, I saw it first on Warren Sharp's Twitter. But Russell Wilson has had zero MB, MVP votes in his career. Zero, Jermaine. That's <laughs> that's it's literally it's left me speechless. I just. I just can't believe that. That's one of those barroom trivias when you and your buddies are sloshed four deep with two shots on top of that, and someone just drops that knowledge on you, and you just you just can't believe it. It, it can't be. That's I mean, like when I first saw that, I was like, "This is this is a joke account. Someone's hacked his account. This can't be right." Warren Sharp is normally incredibly good at posting stats, and I was like, "This is weird. He must be drunk. It's ten o'clock in the morning, but he's drunk posting about Russell Wilson not ever getting uh, MVP vote." Never, never. And I think he's, what, the third highest paid quarterback in league history? And he's never gotten an MVP vote? What's going on? What are these baseball writers? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty shocking, to, especially with the, the beautiful deep ball that Russell Wilson throws. And the fact that every year we're talking about how bad the Seattle offensive line is. It's oh, and they're, just, they're, they're in their swinging gate blocking method? Oh, yeah. It's literally like, hey, Russell, go out there and run around. It's pitch the ball to someone who's open yeah and throw off your back foot while running the opposite way wrong-handed and hit tyler lockett on like a six percent catch yeah tyler lockett's pretty studly him and doug baldwin doug baldwin was nice man r.i.p doug baldwin i mean he's alive but but yeah he's alive but but (laughs) r.i.p doug baldwin's career you should say that people are gonna be like doug baldwin's dead uh, room 303 has officially killed oh jesus we've officially yeah we've officially sentenced him we've sentenced him not killed him jermaine i was a big doug baldwin fan yeah that's probably why doug baldwin Baldwin was good well jermaine we've come to the natural end here of the podcast tell the people where they can find us Again, people, thank you very much for joining us and listening. It's been great having you. Please follow us on our Instagram and Twitter handles. We actually uh, didn't have the Twitter one set correctly last week, so they're both matching this week. It's Podcast Room 303. And uh, please follow the, the podcast itself on wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple, Google Play, or Spotify. Thank you very much. We appreciate all the love you guys have got, given us. And feel free to reach out on the socials, ask us questions, engage with us. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. We, we want to be involved. Hey, Jermaine said it all. I, we, we appreciate everything that, that you guys do. Keep sending us suggestions. Keep listening and sending us suggestions. Once sports comes back, we're, we're kind of going to engage with you guys a little bit more on social media. You'll see when, when sports comes back how we're going to do that engagement. So 
follow us on social media. Jermaine said the the handle at podcast room three zero three is spelled all spelled the normal way you'd spell everything. And we really appreciate it, guys. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. Peace. Peace, peace. <laughs>